Hey parents, you're listening to How the Fuck Do I Podcast with Marta and Ben. All right. Are you ready? Is that a yes? Oh, yeah. Oh, we're, oh, yeah, we're yeah. going. We're, yeah. Marta, oh. we're back. Okay. We're going. We're already in. We're in. Just oh. kidding. How are you? I'm awake. I know, right? And I'm in Los Angeles. It's like a fever dream. I woke up and I'm here. Right? And here we are. It's and been a minute are. since we've been back together. It has because we recorded so many episodes we, that we didn't have to record new ones. Yeah. And then we were like, oh shit, uh, we're out. We're out. Like we put all of them live. So yeah. we, need to, we need to keep this going. Well, we're back. We're in Eli's amazing house. Thank you again, Eli. He's waving. Yep. Um, and yeah, we're here today. It's a drizzly it's drizzly. It's been pretty miserable in LA the past couple, uh, this past week. It's been very overcast. That's so weird. What's it's been going very on? difficult to get out of bed. I come here for the sun. Yeah, sorry. I am really upset about the weather. June gloom. Um, so yeah, we're here. I think we've been, again, really excited about all the support we've had from friends and listeners and people we don't know. I mean, it's been insane. I, you know, like, it's very motivating to hear so many positive feedback from everyone of just like, you know, our last episode that we did with Tony has been incredible of friends just like texting us and being like, hey, I'm, you know, in negotiations with, you know, a new job or I'm, it's just been awesome that we're actually like, we're doing it. Like we're giving people real advice. Yeah. And, it's and they actually exciting. want it. And they want it. I'm excited to keep it going and, you know, continue with giving people real life advice. That's and right. And you can continue to follow us on at how the uh, fuck do I podcast. How the fuck do I podcast you on can, Instagram. You can email us at how the bleep do I podcast at gmail.com. Yep. Because you can't say fuck on Gmail. And please give us like your feedback. Again, like we want to know what you guys want to be, want to hear, um, how we can improve. We're always looking to just hear from from you guys on on what we could do. Topics next. you want to learn, all the things, all all of the things, and just give us a review, give us a star, say hi, whatever you want. Yep. Give us your constructive criticism, like our moms do. Yep. Whatever you know, whatever you want to give, we're here to take it. Yeah. So okay, today's topic. I'm very personally excited about Ben. I realize this may not be as relevant to this you. This is going to be a little bit out of my wheelhouse. But <laughs> now, like you in like five, ten years, oh, one yeah. year, you don't know. Oh yeah, this is why we're well. This is why we're documenting these things because these are going to live in time. That's right. That's you know right. What I mean? <laughs> totally. So, you know, um, I'm a working mom. I have a seven year old. You know, one of the hardest things to do is just to juggle your work and juggle being a parent. I'm just a single dude living by myself and I could barely take care of myself right now. Right. I mean, you know, like. And then I one have, day you wake up and you have a child and you're like, how the fuck do I take care of this right. kid and, so and always, do my life and work? Right. And I'm always ta- I'm always asking you these questions like, how the fuck are you doing this? How are you doing the podcast? How are you doing your your new job? And, and you're being an incredible parent. Do you want to know my secret? Yeah. Lots of cocaine. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't do drugs at all. It's totally, it's a joke. <laughs> I'm very sober. No one come after me. Not Child services. I provide a very safe <laughs> home family job. I'm just kidding. I'm very responsible. No, I think you just learn to ruthlessly prioritize your time and you change your lifestyle and you just learn from other parents. Like I think so much of what I've 
figured out is just learning and then sharing with people like my yep. failures and what I've learned. And so that's why I really wanted our guest today to come on because I think I can represent the mom perspective and he can represent the dad perspective. Try. Yeah. And I think he's gonna. So I'm very excited to have Jeffrey Fuller here with us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Yes. Um, for those who don't know Jeffrey, Jeffrey is a dear friend. He's official fancy title is <laughs> president of Cupcakes and Cashmere, which is a lifestyle blog turned brand and now an e-commerce platform he runs with his wife, Emily. And he's a loving father to his four-year-old daughter, Sloane, and also a cat dad to three kitties, <laughs> Rocco, Luna, and Callie, aka Tachi. Tachi, yes. Yeah, so welcome, Jeffrey. Thank you. I'm excited to, to be here with you on this beautiful, actually, I think it's beautiful. The June gloom is kind of refreshing. It is. It is. I agree. I guess it is when y'all, you have a son. It's nice. Yeah, whatever. Y'all are spoiled. <laughs> um, so I guess I can, we can start out how we know each other. How we know each other. Um, it goes back about a decade at this point. I think um, more. I think more. Yeah, actually. We don't have to age ourselves. No, we but don't. But it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, yeah, we met. I, I used to work um, in advertising at an agency, uh, Red Interactive. Um, and Marta worked at AOL with my- That's America uh, Online. America, America for Online. For those children who you, don't know what that the is. The boomers out there. Who are <laughs> Eli also rapid. worked there. Yes. Um, and she worked with my wife, Emily, at the time. Emily worked in sales. Marta worked in marketing. Um, and I was a client of Emily's and vis-a-vis that I met Marta through different, you know, events and just sales, sales channels. And we became friends and have maintained that since she left LA and moved to the barrier with her husband and child and Mm -hmm. embarked on various career paths. And here we are today. We're still buds. And one of my favorite stories about like really how the first time I met, like actually met Jeffrey, this is kind of getting into your relationship. So it's okay to share. But, um, Emily was like, my client is coming. He really wants to watch the (laughs) taping of modest mouse on AOL (laughs) sessions. Remember AOL sessions? vintage yeah. no one no one probably does um and she was like and i think he kind of likes me and i don't know if i like him will you go being my wingman i Total was like wingman. totally so like basically emily just stood there like kind of landlocked and then i just talked to jeffrey about modest mouse well, yeah, do you remember like, that yeah, i do because emily had this is the funny part she had no interest in in, in modest mouse she had no idea who they were she was, i don't even know what this band is no, oh my God. And she didn't know anybody and so <laughs> martha and i bonded over that because we have similar tastes in music yep um emily loves country she does. But she took one for the team or took one for me, essentially, brought, she, you know, brought Marta down and like did. hung with me for a bit and, you know, had Marta be the, the gatekeeper. But I think I, I cleared that that hurdle. You did. You did. I mean, obviously, you moved past it. And was it just you three? Was it? Yeah, it, it was. So it, the it sessions, was us three in Modest Mouse. So, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, literally, it. the stage was probably not much bigger than this room we're in right yeah. now. Oh, wow. And they used to bring in really big acts. So we were within 10 feet of major bands playing in these recorded sessions that were broadcast on AOL but it was a cool it was a cool experience yeah yeah anyway so that's just a little fun anecdote about Jeffrey and I that's great anywho um, also another connection I remember being very early and being like early days of being pregnant (laughs) and going to your house and for it was like St. Patrick's Day and you offered me a Guinness Mm. and I was like oh I think I'm good and they were like what's (laughs) wrong with God I sound like I'm like a raging alcoholic druggie I don't drink that much but they were like what's wrong with you do you want to you don't want a Guinness and I was like no I think I'm fine and I think I ended up being like and I'm pregnant (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna say you hadn't told anyone yet Oh, no, other than Tony, obviously. Of course. Um, course. And then I remember Emily telling me that that she was pregnant and you guys being really excited. So, yeah. yeah. And now you are a dad. Been a dad now, aside from the cats, which are, you know, 10 years old. Oh, sorry. You've been a cat dad for a long time. Yeah. Our daughter is four, just turned four in February. Um, And it's, as you can imagine, as you know, it's an amazing age. Yeah. Um, It's exciting and challenging. She's independent, yet still is like, you know, very much daddy's girl and mommy's girl. Um, but every day that's like an evolutionary step to what I, I see come out of her, which 
is the best part of that is like looking back going, was I like that or did I do that? And you see the change in, in behavior and personality and just intelligence um, that just, it, it's a, that's the biggest reward is watching a person develop from a seed into yeah. an actual individual who has their own perspective on life and it's always evolving, which is, which is great. Yeah. It's pretty crazy when like your kid is who they are so early. Like I remember getting an ultrasound and Levi was poking my, <laughs> oh my they're pressing down at the, on the little camera thing and he was poking back up and they're like, your kid is a curious one. And he <laughs> oh like God. totally is. Did you like see it? Or yeah, did... I could see him. Po- every time they'd poke down, he'd poke back up like, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, so his like, personality. Well, don't I was going to say that's my, like who Levi is. My nice womb experience. Here. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, cut it out. Anyway, wild. Um, okay, I want to back up a little bit because I think part of being a working parent is you have an identity outside of just being a parent and then it's about how the two mesh together so i want to talk about you know you taking that leap because you were this director of digital advertising and then you joined forces with your spouse which i mean i haven't done it to that degree but i work <laughs> with my spouse and i'm right. not i'm saying it was a challenging time yeah. so talk about that and how you made that decision yeah it, it was kind of a very roundabout way but when emily and i met you know i was her client she began her blog as a side project and i was like a weekend employee for her i would take pictures with her take pictures of her um and help her kind of just create the content she was the brains behind everything. I was simply a facilitator. But You're that, like a boyfriend. I was for like every chick. Like I was the o- I was the, the OG. <laughs> this is 2008. I was the OG boyfriend. Oh, you're OG. Oh, oh yeah. Sure. So okay, before we're going this, back. We, we launched before Instagram was even created. So this is going back a ways. There we go. Um, but Emily was doing this and gaining some revenue. So we both come from advertising. We understood how to monetize the platform, um, and she asked me to help her structure like in an even more effective way. And so we were doing this on the week. I was doing the weekends. She was doing during the week. Eventually, when she left AOL and did start doing full time, when she matched her salary, um, I said, "Listen, um, I think we have an opportunity here to do something big, bigger than what you you imagine, but it has to reach certain thresholds of like you know followers and, and impressions and this and that. And if we get there, I think we can build this to a sustainable platform that can really you know expand to different areas of business. Um, and that took about four or five years. At that point, in, in the five year mark, there was a deal that came on the table." that from an advertising company to manage our own ad sales which would give us a pretty substantial monthly guarantee that's when i took the leap i i i could have stayed at my job for a long time and and done campaigns for the ufc and mtv and various clients but it wasn't as fulfilling as i thought i thought it could be and the chance we had with our new deal gave us the stability to make that leap for both of us was it a was it a very uh clear vision of that that you this was the next step like you were taking this risk or did did it you contemplate it a bit or so i, I had a five-year plan in place that had nothing to do with advertising it, it, it and and i shared it with emily and emily said i don't understand how this is going to happen i said i'm telling you right now five years from now no it mobile is going to be king five years from now video is going to be king five years from now these things are going to happen and again none of these things were in place yet there wasn't there wasn't instagram there wasn't snapchat but i said our our data shows our users are shifting to mobile even though it was 30 percent of our audience it was shifting fast i said we need to be more nimble and diversify the brand not just from content but into products because i saw we were driving a lot of referral sales affiliate sales people were coming to us for information and right because emily was she just talks about her her how she kind of like goes about her life what her hobbies are right like it's it's she from my understanding obviously i'm a dude i i don't but your mom is a huge my, fan my mom is a huge fan which we could definitely get into um i know she you you get called g on the blog I my mom told g. me that she texted oh, me about should i that. have said welcome g you can call in my me, intro you, people call me g because it's i either get called gregory 
Gregory. Gregory. Really? Gregory's a big one. George is a big one. Oh, oh wow. But so I go, just call me G because it eliminates okay. yeah. all, all, of it. all yeah. options. Okay, good to know. Yeah. It feels like she was a, a, a one of the first and a very good example of of someone taking, you know, having a job and then having a hobby on the side and just expressing like fun things that she likes to share. It, it really that's really how it was defined. It was really a hobby that was driven by her passions. She had no business plan or any kind of goal. It was literally a creative outlet. That's what we're doing. Yes, exactly. That's right. And then we're doing. And you know what's going to happen in five years? Everyone's going <laughs> to access podcasts in their minds. So we need to go full <laughs> cerebral, what, Ben. Right? If we're going to keep up with our audience. We have to. Start working on tech now. <laughs> Darken the implants now. Um, but yeah, you're right. It, it was a hobby that turned to a, pa- a passion that turned to a hobby. And once there was some revenue behind it, she really did think this could be realistic and I begin to map out the, the plans for what I thought could be the next stage um, not just for her but for the brand because because it's an influencer based brand separating the person from the brand takes some time and if you're going to scale a business it's hard to be driven by by a single entity which is which is Emily and so my goal was always to maintain her you know role and obviously maintain her, her authenticity and, and her viable input but have the brand stand alone. And that didn't happen for a while until we really launched our clothing line. And and now, th- these days, a lot more people discover us, not via Emily, but via the brand. They go to Nordstrom, they go to ShopUp. We ha- you know we did bedding, we did lighting, we have e-commerce. More and more, our audience is discovering the Cupcakes and Cashmere brand, not because they're a fan of, of Emily necessarily, they find her afterwards, they find our products first. And that was really my my initial goal was to kind of begin that separation and right. build a, a sustainable business off of her. And it's amazing that you joined forces and, and took that vision to the next level. And it obviously has created an incredible life for you and Emily. And then I just think, okay, so you're running along, running this business, leading this dream, and then you throw a kid in that mix yeah. yep. <laughs> where two of the parents run the company. Mm-hmm. And that is incredibly complex. It's not always a smooth you're running ship i mean i'm not gonna i'm not gonna mince words sometimes it's very difficult Mm -hmm. uh balancing not just your interpersonal relationship with with your with your wife or your spouse for that matter um and also we have employees now so managing aspects of business where you're also leading a team and then of course yeah throwing a kid in there where you're you're also a parent um there's a lot of different hats to wear and at times especially because the nature of our work is very personal we bring it home a lot of times that gray area at separation is it bleeds over to a lot of things. And Do you have rules? Like, so when Tony and I worked together, we had to make very staunch rules. So we were like, we can talk about work for 10 minutes at dinner. And after 10 minutes, we have to shift gears. And if someone gets into work, it was like, we had to be like, time out, stop. Because yeah. otherwise it was just too easy to, to go in. Do you guys have we those have, kind of We boundaries? have like very strict rules, but there'll be a point where, you know, we'll be talking and, and it'll be like, okay, you know, what? let's just drop that. And we'll drop it. You know, let's not talk about work right now. We're at reading dinner. Let's not talk about Sloan's school. Let's we're at like we try to have these kind of delineated, you know, frameworks, if you will. But there aren't any steadfast rules because I think we've done we do it so much and so often that it just becomes natural. Let's just pivot. Let's right. just shift. Um, but it, I think having a framework is important um, for a lot of things, especially when you have kids, um, because schedules are tight. I mean, you discussed even being single. How do you manage your life? So prioritization. How does Ben manage his <laughs> I mean, concert going? I, mean, I, I, I don't feel bad bad for you. I'm not going to lie. Ramen. Yeah. Sorry, Ben. Yo, I had ramen last night for okay. dinner. I'm not kidding. <laughs> of course you did. Spot on, Marta. I'm sorry. It totally yeah. does work for people like Ben, though. You're yeah. right. Um, but yeah, but scheduling is, is, is crucial. Um, and the, the good thing is that both Emily and I are, tend to be on the same schedule as far as like we're both early risers. She goes to bed a little earlier than I do, but we both have kind of this maintained 
level of, you know, what we do on a day-to-day basis. But how do you support each other during those busy times? You know, like if you have to both be in a meeting or you have to travel somewhere. So how do you guys kind of divide that? And how do you support yeah. each other when you have to be more of the, I guess, uh, the leaning into the career side of your life together? Yeah. You know, because we, we operate a kind of different aspects of the business, um, a lot of it is, is a lot of times just listening to what's happening and, and like understanding. A lot of guys have this, this problem, and I, myself included. Somebody will say, oh, my God, I have this problem, X, Y, and Z, and you want to fix it. Men, a lot of men typically want to solve a problem. What I've learned over the last 10 plus years, especially the last three or four years, is um, a lot of times they want people want to be heard. So you want to just listen to something. So when you're trying to balance things out, listen to what the problem is first. But if Emily's traveling, if I'm traveling, it really is a simple matter of, okay, we have to get certain things done. You're on baby duty or you're on this duty. And there's not a lot of debate about it. There's not a lot of complex, you know, negotiations. I mean, it's we know that to function as a team, both as a husband and wife, parents, and then as coworkers, there has to be compromise. And I think understanding the nature of that is is through listening and understanding is how you kind of find that semi-simple balance. Yeah. I love that you said that because listening is one of those skills that I don't think is talked about a lot because it is such an important skill. Like a lot of the time it's people, you know, encourage you to speak up and to, you know, like make a name for yourself or, you know, make yourself visible within the room and be confident about that. But on the flip side, you could be, you know, to grow those listening skills actually to me kind of makes you a little bit more powerful having kind of like that other side of it. Um, It's interesting because I sit in a lot of meetings and like, I, you know, I'm, it's just, it's, it's a strength to like sit there and just listen. Yeah. You know what I mean? I sure do. I think I've learned it a lot more as a parent too. Like when your kid comes to you when they're sobbing and they have a paper cut and your party wants to be like, oh my God, like put some dirt on it. It's fine. Like, yeah. let's do it. But you have to be like, they have to be like, no, I fell. And then this person knocked into me and then I fell and then it hit this and then I rolled into the grass and you have to just be like, uh-huh. And then what happened? And you have to just, yeah. in your mind, you're like, get to the point, let's get you a bandit, let's move on. But you have to just seriously just suck it up and listen and be like, they, they need me to listen and acknowledge yeah. that they are hurting and they just they just want to yeah. be heard kids but just want to be and heard Emily too just like building that like trust and just like being flexible mm-hmm. as well sounds like your guys' schedule you don't really have a set schedule daily schedule which is what I wanted to ask like how do you guys plan your scheduling in that sense but it sounds like it's every day is pretty much different. <laughs> I mean, a lot of it is ad hoc. I mean, we do have a schedule with Sloan. That that part is regimented. She's in school, so we have, you know, very fixed, like she gets up at 5.30 in the morning or so. We get up at 5.30 in the morning. You know, we have our coffee, we have our breakfast, we get her to school. That, that The mornings are regulated, the evenings are regulated. You know, it's like there is a, there is a routine. Kids thrive on routine, at least our kid does, and I think most kids do. You know, because most kids, and this is something you learn, they don't understand the sense of time at this stage. You know, two, three, four days are days. There is no fifteen-minute increments. There is no kind of like ten minutes. They don't. I mean, she, they get it now, but it's not like we get it. So having a schedule where it's like you get up, you have breakfast, you go to school. They get those larger leaps. You get bat, you get bathed, brush teeth, you go to bed. They get that schedule. So we do that. Everything else, though, for the most part, is is not ad hoc, but it's it's as we roll. And as we're like we're launching, you know, Emily yesterday was at a trade show for jewelry, and it was like an all-day event, and like. She was just kind of going because we had to go. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't a, a big plan. It was like, this is happening. Let's get this. We're, we're launching new jewelry this this holiday season. Let's get going. And so um, we do maintain a loose schedule for certain things, but work is really is so fluid that we don't have a lot of, you know, 
structured meetings. And right. Like so something that is known, right, is this thing called the second shift, mm-hmm. which parents have. And I've seen some data that mm-hmm. moms pick up the second shift more, um, which I think is just sort of inherent to how social expectations are. And um, I think everyone's different. And for me, actually, I think Tony's a really great partner and he kind of handles the morning and I handle pickup and dinner. And he is I was going to say the second shift is second 5 shift p.m. Is, the second shift is yeah. when you leave work and you start your second job of being a parent. I'm I, I'm so glad that you're getting into this now because that that's exactly what I wanted to ask because I have no fucking clue how the hell you guys do <laughs> second shift. It's hard. Like, they're, like, like I get in the car and I'm like... That's me slapping my face. Yeah. I'm like, all right, let's do this. Like, or the cocaine you mentioned before. Yeah, or, yeah, or yeah. it's the cocaine. Right. <laughs> um, and I like, you know, you're just kind of like amping yourself up. Or for me, I amp myself up because mm-hmm. I have like a good 30 minute car ride. And I'm just like, I need to be my best self no matter how tired I am because I only get to see like Levi for yeah. a certain amount of time. So then you you get home and then you start your second shift. And whether that is um, like in the morning, second shift could be the morning duty of like cooking breakfast, getting ready for school. In the evening, it could be cooking dinner bedtime so what i was going to ask was you know jeffrey i feel like you're really involved with sloan and i see you doing a lot of second shift work Mm -hmm. so i'm curious what parts of the second shift you pick up honestly we trade off back and forth we we trade off mornings we you know rotate we trade off evenings um it's really you know a very like egalitarian system you know Emily has the morning, I have the evening. The next day, we reverse it. Hmm. Um, and, and sometimes, like, for example, if she's traveling, if I'm traveling, she'll get a couple days or a couple nights in a row. But at the end of the day, it's like everything evens out. We, you know, there's there's no overdone or, over, or less, you know, less work done on the other part. Um, we all just share because it's, we're parents. We, we, you, you pick up the responsibility as you need. Um, and, yeah, it's not, it's not, we don't over, we don't like try to like tag in, tag out a lot. But you make but dinner a lot, right? Well, here's the thing. Also, like we also lean into our skills. Like I'm, I, I went to culinary school. I cook. Wait I'm, a minute. What? Wait, what? Yeah. How did I not know this about you? <laughs> you went to culinary school? Like about four, four years ago. Yeah. I, I this took makes Holy so shit. much sense. Yeah. But how did I? When did I miss this? Because we were know. friends during this time. It, it, it was like it was like an eight month course. It was like a thing that I did. Just is this just like a hobby that you just wanted I've, to? I always cooked. Yeah, I always cooked, and I was like, I and I. I never had formal training, but I was like, I'm just curious about more like kind of classical French techniques. So I took a eight month cooking course. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Cool. <laughs> I just learned something new about a very long time friend. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, continue. But yeah. So like we, to, the point is we lean into our strengths. So like I cook more than Emily does and she likes my cooking, which is a nice thing. So I tend to do that. She's a great baker, you know, which is not every day, but she's an amazing baker. So she bakes when, when she wants to. Um, and so to the point about strengths, like we just trade off on what makes the most sense. Okay. But I want to go back to how you actually find that second shift energy, because again, like to me, it's like, okay, you like wake up, right? Like it's time to go. But is that energy because, okay, now I get to spend time with my kid and I can actually get through it or like what? (laughs) Depends on the day. day. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. I think you should tell your strategy and I'll tell mine. Okay. So I look at it like, you know, Sloan has like a bedtime around like, let's say 6.30, you know, it's 6, 6.30, 7 o'clock. So I'm like, okay, I get home around five of 90 minutes to two hours to spend. But in that time, I like, I'm looking forward to like, okay, I need a bather, I need a feeder. We need to like do, read a couple books, sing a couple songs. And then I'm free. And, and, and I could be, I could be with my wife. I could do whatever. But like, we look at that, like that window of like, that's our focus time with Sloan. But there's an end, there's a very, there's a very fine defined, you know, end line that I want to get to. And it's like a very, like, you know, it's, it's a very, it's a big relief for me. 
I feel the same. Um, as you have an older kid, they go to bed earlier and that you time dwindles even more, which I think is really challenging. Mm-hmm. I, I think how I get that energy is I have just learned that if you let work get the best of you and you like snap, or even if you don't snap and you don't even realize you're projecting this kind of like stress, your kid will pick up on it. Mm-hmm. Like I remember being super stressed at a, at a previous job where I worked all the time and I was like cooking dinner and I was just probably, maybe I was just banging pots and pans around or stuff. And Levi said, mom, are you mad at me? And like my heart just shattered into a million pieces. And I was like, yeah. nobody, I'm not mad. I'm just so tired. And he was like, mom. And now he's older. He's like, mom, can I do anything for you? And I was just like, oh my <laughs> God, like this breaks your heart. And so I think for me, I try to channel that where I'm like, time is the most precious commodity. Mm-hmm. I don't care about anything else at this stage of my life. And so I want to make the most of those, you know, short windows I have. And I just tell myself in the car, no matter how tired I am, if I need to listen to big brass music, sometimes it's a little Beyonce, you know, sometimes it's comedy, whatever I can to just change my mood in the car so that when I walk in and I get that like mom hug, it's like from there on out, I am my best self yeah. because my, my kid deserves better than that. I agree. You know? And like one thing I, I definitely focus on is like I don't have my phone with me when I'm with, unless I'm taking pictures of her. Like I try I try to focus on her because the same way they they want attention they want like that release of energy from their day to share with you and yeah. so you give it and because it's like it's an hour it's two hours it's like you think it's a long time when you're when you're tired but looking back you're like I could have spent a few more minutes talking to them and and that, you yeah. don't want to live with regret so of course. yeah but I'm not gonna lie I feel the same end date like in oh. time when like Levi goes to bed it's like 8 30 and 9 if he's like mom and it's 9 one I'm like good night <laughs> <laughs> love you good night yeah. love you bye <laughs> see you tomorrow bye <laughs> they, need, they need some rules <laughs> it's true um something I want to know if you ever get so as a working mom obviously I get working mom I get mom guilt we all get parent get guilt but mm. do you get working dad guilt ever not really. Um, I, you know, I, I miss my child when I'm not there, but I look at everything I do um, in service to her and to our family. So there are moments where I wish I had more time to spend, but I, if I know I'm doing good work and I'm doing things for us, if, if I'm messing around and doing stupid things I, I, and, I, and I didn't spend time with her instead, I'd feel guilty. But we focus so much on the time um, in our office and even outside of our office that when I, I, I know when I come home, it's like after a long day, it's like, even if I'm not focused on, on, the fact I did it for her, I know I did. And so, you know, and she never makes me feel like she doesn't get enough. She never says, Daddy, I wish you were here more. Daddy, I yeah. w-. there's never, she doesn't have that perspective because I, I don't think she feels the, the, the need for it. That's so interesting. I don't think kids, well, sometimes kids do, I think indirectly, but I think society does. Like mm. I, and maybe that's the difference between being a mom and being a dad, but I feel working mom guilt all the time. Like Emily when, does too. Like when Levi was in preschool and all the moms could show up at like the 11 a.m. random class party and they were in their athleisure wear. And I was like, bye, here's your cupcakes. I gotta go to work. Like that's a mom guilt moment. And so it's interesting to hear that you don't feel that. You know, Emily asked the same question on her Instagram a few weeks ago about, oh, um, did she? about guilt. And because she asked me, she's like, have you ever felt guilty? The same question you just asked. I said, no. And, and she thinks it might be, you know, more of like a societal thing, like you mentioned and, and a little bit of a sexist thing. And, and, and I, I, I don't have an answer for that, but I know that my perspective is, is always in, in, of, of in service to our family. And Emily has that same feeling. She knows she's working hard for our family and, and trying to provide a good life. 
but there is that sense of guilt that she does feel. Yeah. Yeah, and we've talked about this before too of like you and Tony are very good about making time for you and Tony. Mm-hmm. And you were talking to me about how society around you kind of sometimes looks at that as like, well, you don't want to be with your kid when you have an opportunity to be with your kid. Yeah. And, you know, like for to me from my perspective, that looks like, okay, you can have a very healthy, con- t- continued relationship after you have a kid. Like, you know, we all make the joke in the single life over here is like, you know, like, oh, you're married later, dude. Like, or, oh, you have a kid. Like, it's, a, it's, it's over, a, It's bro. a fair thing it's to say. Over. But it, that's not that's not reality, is you can continue to have, like, fun and be out and, and not have that kid. I'll say, you know, very honestly, Marta and Tony are the blueprint that Emily wanted to base our life Aww. on as, as parents. Wow. That, that's, 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 that's not just because I'm here. She's always said, look at how they do it. They go on date nights, which we, we, we go on date nights on Fridays. We copied that. Awesome. She's like, you know, they, they make time for each other. And it's a true, I mean, there's a book out there. I think it's called, you know, and baby makes three and there's a, th- you know, and, or another like psychological theory is like one and one makes three. It's like, you have yourself, your, your, your spouse, your resting brother, and then your family. And that's, you know, it's one and one makes three component is that you can't, you know, uh, forget about the pieces of the puzzle that make up who you are because it, it, without it, you're incomplete. So if you forget about taking care of yourself, you're not doing a good job to service your family. If you forget about taking your, your partner, your spouse, you're not servicing them. You, t- you don't take care of your, your family. It's like you need to be well-rounded and do self-care, you know, parenting care and also relationship care. And it's a constant process. And so if you if you neglect any parts of those, you're going to fall short in some respects. And having a relationship with your wife, even though you have a child, is crucial. I mean, you guys were a couple before you were parents. Right. That's the thing I, I think, you know, I think everyone's different. I think every parent is different. And it's if, if people are rather like, hey, I want to, I, I just want to be with my family. I'm like, that's awesome. Like, and if me and Tony or Emily and Jeffrey want to go and have date nights, like, I think that's awesome mm-hmm. too. For me, I've just learned like, just like on an airplane, I have to put my oxygen mask on before I assist mm-hmm. others. Like if I am not taking care of, because I, again, there's so many parts of life. I'm work, I work full time, right? So does Tony. We have a relationship outside of this. So in order to be the best parent, to be the best, you know, person I can be, I have to be happy and mm-hmm. I have to feel like I have a life. Yeah. And it's so. like, even when you grow your family, cause for me right now, it's like, okay, I need to make sure that I know who I am and, and am comfortable in myself before I let someone else in fully and then start a whole family. But you actually have to continue that even having a family, having a relationship, checking in with yourself, making sure that you're all good so that you can provide for your family. Mm-hmm. And to that point, I also want to just go back and, and talk about a point that you made, Jeffrey, of like feeling not feeling guilty because, you know, we always talk about, all right, what do you want to do in this life? What What is like, what's your career path or what are you all doing this for? And one thing that um, really resonated with me that you just said was that like, you're doing the work and the career for your family and like there's a purpose there. And I think that's like really important for people yeah. to understand is you don't have to like strive to have this incredible career. You can be fulfilled by supporting, you know, who you, who your family is. And I, I want to touch on that because I think it's very, <laughs> it's a good, good call point. out. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people, you know, there, there's this, um, I think there's this philosophy called the accrual fallacy where you think like, God, I'm feeling empty. If only I got that better job or if only I made more money. And a lot of times people will get those positions or get a raise and they'll still be sad. And it's because what they're really wanting is not necessarily, you know, more of anything. It's something absent inside them. And so what I discovered um, after especially having becoming a father 
what I was lacking as far as fulfillment wasn't necessarily a better job. It was the support and, and love of like a nucleus. My family, just to go back, is not that close. I'm not close to my parents. I'm a single, I'm an only child. And so I was always struggling with finding that kind of that kind of foundation. And when I had when we had Sloan, I was like, this is my purpose. This is what I really want to do. And everything I do, not just work-wise, but maintaining my health and how I operate with other people is in service to showing her what life can be, you know? I totally agree. I think um, I will read articles and it's talking about how like working mothers help with success of their children. I was like, oh good, I feel validated. But (laughs) I've also felt that just as Levi's gotten older, so, you know, he's used to me traveling for work and going places. And I'd always be like, God, is this going to be like his therapy topics later? Mm -hmm. But like, I think it was just earlier this year, I was in Atlanta for work and we were FaceTiming and he said, what are you doing, mom? And I said, well, I'm going to meet a bunch of my new coworkers and meet people and just meet the office. And he was like, have a good time. I'm sure you're going to make a lot of friends. Don't be nervous. And he was like (laughs) giving me advice. And I was like, oh my God, I have a well-adjusted child. (laughs) And it was, it was kind of reaffirming that like, I'm doing this in support to show my sons what's possible and, you know, a different side of how mothers can be. I mean, kids are very perceptive. I mean, they pick up on every on everything. You think like, oh, they missed that. They hear every word. They, they see everything. Um, and so everything I do, like you said, is you asked about like, you know, as far as fulfillment and finding that, 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 that course of, of a job, it's like it's in service to that. Totally. I, I could be working in a haberdashery making, you know, T-shirts as long as she was like, Dad, I love your T-shirts. I'm fulfilled. Yeah, that's amazing. So, I mean, to your point of that they hear and see everything, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you guys make as parents that, you know, what are those or what do they notice? I mean, (laughs) we're obviously very mindful of of the words we use. Um, Emily, Emily is very well-spoken. I'm not as well-spoken. So I tend to, you know, lean into a lot of curse words. And and they've adjusted from you know first it's like saying shit will say poopy or now but now the problem with that is that now it carries over to my regular life so I'm like I gotta go make a poopy and it's like <laughs> and I'm talking to like friends and I'm like I'm sorry that, that came out you know I sound I sound like a real uh, kind of a creep now um, so it's like you, you, you try you know the mistakes you make are usually kind of you know adult mistakes that you want to like not have them pick up on but inherently you know it's like I I look at life as being very fluid and it's a continuum and like. You're going to fuck up. You're going to do things that are wrong. As long as you explain things, they're going to be like, okay, I know I shouldn't say certain words or, or do certain actions. I mean, but having a kid is like, it's trying to, it's trying like to like wrangle cats. Like it just, just let it be a little more free. There's some structure. It's, it's like a, it's like a six line highway on one side's a mountain on one side's a cliff. You don't want to veer either way too much. They're going to sometimes, but just try to nudge them back to the middle. Cause that's where you're going to end up with the most success. You're going to bump against the rails and that's fine. And he would know because he has three cats. Three cats. My goodness. Uh, I said the mistake that yeah. I yeah, make I uh, is is more like not modeling the behavior, not realizing or sometimes being conscious that he's there watching, absorbing, mm-hmm. making a mistake of like how I'm modeling something. So if I'm in traffic and someone cuts me off and I'm like, really, dude? <laughs> and then it won't even come back to me until we're driving and someone will do it and he'll be like, really, dude? And I'm like, oh, crap. Yeah. Wow. And I'm like, you know what, buddy? You know, I know that I did that. And I just want to say mm-hmm. that, you know, I shouldn't have done that in here why so i think it's just sort of letting your guard down and then catching it when they repeat it back yeah especially these days i mean there's a very there's a lot of like you know social consciousness that i didn't grow up with in the late 70s early early 80s just to date myself so especially now it's like i'll say things i'm like that's not the way you would say that today and let me just kind of explain to you why sloan that's not why you 
point out certain behaviors. My other mistake is sometimes I just say shit that's like well above his age group. And I, but like, I just can't help it. Like what did the other, it was so cute. Like last week or two weeks ago, I think I told you this when we were chatting a few weeks ago, he's like really into dad right now. He's mm -hmm. like in a big like dad phase, which is super cute. Cause he was always mama's boy, which I loved. Mm -hmm. um, but he was like, you know, he and Tony were playing basketball and they came back from the park and I was making dinner and he's like, Hey mom, um, dad and I are having such a good time. So can you just like sit in the other room and just us have dinner <laughs> and i was like actually uh, no because sunday's one of the few nights we like get dinner all together as a family so no and he's like okay well can you just sit there and not say anything and i said no levi that's called the fucking i didn't say fucking but i was like that's called the patriarch and i deal with it every day at work right, and then right. he was like what and i'm like never mind i shouldn't have said that, that you know like sometimes that, that's gonna come back to bounce up against totally oh my so i feel like sometimes when he just says stuff like that i like snap into my adult voice and i'm like i did not need to i say love that. how kids too we've talked about this before how honest they are like they're oh, the, the most honest people unfiltered. on this planet unfiltered great way of putting it literally they will literally walk up to everyone and be like you smell or like you know, oh that like, happens to me like she'll walk in and be like daddy your breath smells bad i'm like well it's 5 30 in the morning you walk you crawled into my bed yep and she's like but why does it smell bad and then it becomes a whole science discussion about halitosis and i'm like i don't know. <laughs> it's like and but the thing is what I, what I actually love about being a dad also is kind of like Mar i talk to sloan as if she's like my peer she's not my peer she's my daughter but i don't mince words i i speak directly to her and she'll the biggest thing she, what 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 why and i just keep explaining i keep explaining and i because i don't have time to like parse and like kind of you know i don't do everything over there upper her head but i really just want to get to the point and to just let it go honestly i'm so glad that you brought that up because i noticed that in a lot of my friends now who have kids that are kind of in the same age range and i see the best relationships are the ones where the parent is just treating them as they were another friend and just talking to them as like just a normal other human being yeah. and like you said having to explain yourself 20 times well, on I, one subject but i think it's when you get in those moments, you're presented with those tough questions and you're like, do I make something up or do I just say what's real? And yeah. I've gone the real route um, just because I, I just I just think they deserve to know. Yeah. And there's age appropriate answers for various questions. Totally. And the, one of the best things I learned is if you get asked a question where you're like, oh, dear God, I don't know how to answer that. You can literally say they don't need an answer right now. Mm -hmm. You can be like, you know what? I want to get you the best answer possible. I'm going to get back to you. Mm -hmm. And then you Google like age appropriate answer for X age. And then you come mm -hmm. back and you're like, hey, here's your answer. And they're like, okay. Yeah. So Google is a big tool for parenting. I love oh, it, Google. It's, or Alexa nowadays. The scary part about Alexa is that Sloan uses Alexa. And she's like, Alexa, what's the weather? Alexa, how long will it take to get to, you know, Disneyland? Like she, and, and like it, it's, the challenge with this generation is the immediacy of information is available whenever without even moving your your hand you 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 think almost and that's where and so part of the challenge we have with with kids or my, our daughter especially is teaching them how patience is important same you know because the media the immediate availability of everything in their life is is unrivaled these days teaching them to be patient and knowing that waiting sometimes has to happen makes them better people i think because they don't have that sense of you know entitlement yeah um I, we kind of diverge but anyway um 
No, it's it's an important one. It's a good topic, too, because I always wonder how you guys are handling the new digital age with screens. And, like, obviously, Levi, you know, and I sit together and we play, you know, video games. I won't call it which one. It's okay. You can say he plays Fortnite. It's not age appropriate. It's okay. I'll own it because, you know what? I'm not one of those moms that pretends I'm perfect. I'm flawed. And I think it's important to talk about the things that you're not good at. I mean, look, at, at Levi's age, my parents were in a bowling league on Sundays. They'd give me five bucks. I'd go to the arcade and I'd spend two hours playing. It's, a, it's the exact same yeah. model. I'd, I'd play Pac-Man Donkey Kong for hours. Tony's single mom used to throw all the change in the pool and be like, go dive for the change while she was like partying <laughs> with her friends. But how do you guys as parents handle this new age of, of screens and, and w- is, are they monitored or timed or can Sloan, you know, our, our rule is there, there's there's no TV or screen time during the week. So Monday through Friday, um, and we break it sometimes, like a little bit here and there. But usually it's no TV, no phones, anything. Monday through Friday, weekends she can watch TV in the morning. She watches movies and cartoons. I mean, she watches the Disney stuff, um, and that's kind of it. You know, I, I'm not like like Marta. I don't think screens are inherently evil. I think there's a lot of value in like education and entertainment. That's I, I grew up with watching TV, but. Um, you know, there is a limit and like we've seen someone can get very, very addicted very quickly to like just to the intangible qualities of entertainment. And so we try to like monitor and limit it to a point. I agree. Like we have we have screen time. Um, you know, we we know video games during the week. There's probably like a 30 minute window of watching something. But after homework's done. But the hard thing is as they get older, right, like digital screens become part of their education. Like yeah. they Levi at school has um, ebooks and they have an app where they have their reading level. And so it's, you know, you, you kind of have to just, I think, learn, yeah. integrate it. Or he was like, hey, can I download a Spanish app to practice my Spanish? And I was like, of course. Yeah. We went to, we went on a, on a tour this past week because um, Sloan's starting kindergarten next year. But you start looking at schools now. And this is a private school, which was not, may not go to, but just in touring their kindergarten, every one of the kids had a laptop. Every kid an iPad. They were teaching them on these larger projection screens with touch. So it's like, inherently, they're going to just be, integrated with these things from day one as part of their education but also they're going to learn to use these things faster better more more efficient than we ever did yeah and without that even you know um acknowledgement it's like if you say well you can never have a screen it, it's not it's not a feasible argument you're not gonna it's not how life's gonna work with these kids so balance it out give limitations but also understand that there's there should be a little flexibility when you're when you're exhausted you're like i just need a moment you know, give them screens are a lifesaver when you just need (laughs) some like quiet time. I agree. So that's one of the values you're trying to instill. What it's another value you're working to instill. One thing, one thing I always tell her whenever she leaves the door for school or whatever, I said, have a great day and be respectful. That's all I say. Just be respectful. And that's a catch all for other people, for yourself. Um, You know, I said, respect others, respect yourself. And then that's it. Because I think that carries through not, it's, it's a very simple rule, but it makes her think whenever she takes an action, what, what should I say? What should I do? How should I do it? And if it's not respectful to yourself or to others, then maybe you, you pause, you know? Um, so respect's a big thing. And we, we try to just give it. And I think it's really worked because she comes back and will say, Daddy, so-and-so wasn't respectful to me today. And I'll oh say, God. what happened? They say, well, they threw a rock or whatever it was. I'm like, well, you know what? I That, that probably didn't feel good, did it? No, it didn't. But what'd you do? I said, please don't throw that rock. It doesn't make me feel good. I said, and then what happened? She's like, they stopped. I said, great job. That's awesome. You know, so it's like the, the sense of like, I think self-responsibility and, and, and take care of yourself, but also understand what other actions are. It carries through. So, and, and look, she's four. She doesn't have the, the perspective of everyone, but these small rules add up. 
I like that. That's that's a good one. Be respectful. Um, Do you as a busy parent have any me time activities and hobbies that keep you sane? Yeah, I do. I will. I've actually been really, I mean, I've, I've been really impressed with uh, Tony's 5.30 Peloton every morning. Oh, oh my. <laughs> not, not to go He's to a deep a cut here. He's but on you, a know, roll. you know this, right? The 5.30 Peloton? Man. Tony's but, been, mm. as he approaches 40, he's been riding his Peloton bike five days a week at 5.30 a.m. He's, yeah. I'm very impressed with him. Very impressed. So yeah, but um, so I've been cycling for a couple of years and cycling is a very, I do with some friends, but oftentimes it's by myself and um, it's a really nice individual sport. It's meditative because you're, you know, you're on this thing balancing two wheels and you're crying uphill and it's it could be tough but also just the rhythm is good so that's like a me time activity um i play video games sometimes but not as often as i used to uh but yeah i i, I read i um, love thank god yes, <laughs> yes. A sh- shout games? out for reading <laughs> shout out for video games reading no video no video fuck games. reading yeah. <laughs> <laughs> listen to podcasts yeah. fuck reading yeah um no the Your fact that a dad listen said that he still plays video games. That's that's just like, man, I can have a family, I can still do me, I can still live my life. I just, you know, like Your that's amazing to hear. End it when it you doesn't have a end. Kid, in, in a lot of ways it just it just gets more scheduled. It doesn't end. But also I I'm looking forward to the day where where Sloane will play video games. And I know she will because she's watched me and goes, "Wow, I want to do that." I'm like, Come take, come I, play video games with Levi. Know, he already I, loves you, but he'll I love should, you even I more. Her, I take Sloane to the arcade sometimes. Oh, she, that's cool. She loves it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jeff, you can have a family, Ben. I know. You can have, a, I know. and you can have I just your like life. Pointing these and things, you know what out, else? You, know? you appreciate that time so much more because True. having a child makes you realize all the time you had when you were single and you didn't do anything with also, it. Also, don't be in a rush. I became a dad at forty, so I mean, you can do what you want to do. I yeah. got married at thirty-seven. Like, there's there's no timeline. Yeah. Do what you want to do. That's true. I think it's just the society around me that pushes me in ways that you know I'm not ready for. Respect yourself. Be respectful. That's right. Are you being Are you being respectful? I think I am. Okay, I want to say I am, but hey, the reminder is always good. Yeah. That's true. That's why we do this. That's right. Okay, Jeffrey. Yes. Before we get into speed round, yes. I would love if you could leave us with your two biggest pieces of advice to parents, working parents, just pieces of advice. I'm going to piggyback on what you said before. Um, time is precious. Time is the only currency we all share that that's equal. So, don't waste it. Uh, make time uh, for yourself, for your spouse, but have it be meaningful. Put your phones away. Focus on what you're doing in that moment. Don't look Don't look forward. Don't look back. When you're in the moment, make that time very, very precious and viable and just focus on that. The other thing is, again, I'm going to say just listen and, and learn to listen. It's an effective tool. I, I, I'm speaking of a person who used to not listen, who'd want to just jump in and solve problems and, and wait, to, wait to talk. Listen. Take a step back. Use that muscle in your brain that kind of is able to comprehend what's being said to you absorb it process and then respond um it's it's a powerful tool when you're able to do it properly when you're not doing it properly you you miss cues you mishear things you react differently um often poorly so take the time make time precious and learn to listen more effectively and not say you're always going to be satisfied but you'll probably be happier (laughs) great advice very great advice i could not concur more as a parent even as a single dude i would say that both those things are you know, can be translated across anyone, which that's is right. Which We're is, all just big children, aren't we? That's true. Especially you. <laughs> Especially me. <laughs> Enjoy your time. Now. That's right. <laughs> Enjoy your time. Thank you. Respectful. There's Enjoy your advice. ramen and video games. Okay, let's do some speed round. This yes. is where we do some fast, hard-hitting journalism. Just kidding. It's just some nice one-two punches <laughs> questions. Eli's punching. Um, we're gonna go back and forth. They're just short answers. Yes. You want to start it off, Ben? 
Sure. You ready? Yes. What's your favorite TV show of all time? Uh, Breaking Bad. Ooh. I thought you were going to say something different. It, actually, it was Game of Thrones until this last season. I was going to say. And this last season, just, I mean, we all can agree. Yeah. Eli's like, yeah, whole wait, that's another all, episode. We, yeah. We need a whole other episode. I, it's like, how the fuck do I process the bring, ending bring of Game of Thrones? Bring me back to that because I have a lot of discussion. Okay, we will. Yeah. We definitely will. Um, who is someone you admire? Uh, my wife. Oh. I do. And that's not just because of this. It's She's an amazing person. Your wife is the best. Tell us something about yourself that we can't find on socials. Um, something about myself you can't find on socials. Um, this is a tough one. I, uh, okay, there's there's a deep one. I have a half sister I've never met. Wow. Wow. I don't even know if I knew that. It's not on socials. But I mean, as your friend and real, and IRL, I don't think I knew that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. So does Tony. Well, there you go. And a bro- two brothers, I think. Wow. Um, what was your last big splurge? Because you were a device purchaser. Yeah, you like things. My last big splurge actually was probably a, a pair of shoes, a pair of uh, Common Projects uh, pink lace-up shoes. They were what, what was the price range that they were in? Like 400 bucks. Ooh. I bet they're spiffy. Sneakerhead. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, favorite thing about being a dad? Um. The unconditional love that I get from Sloan. There, there, there is nothing more pure or even just nothing comes close. My wife's love is amazing. Um, and it's, it's not unconditional, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, the unconditional love from Sloan. Aww. What's your favorite kid-friendly restaurant in L.A.? Our go-to in Sloan's favorite restaurant is El Coyote, Mexican place. She's got great taste. That's great. a good one. Yeah, I also like love El Coyote. And she loves the women, the dresses and the women. She knows all of them and they all know her. So she's like, I love your dress today. Oh, That's amazing. <laughs> uh what would be your last me- meal on earth last probably barbecue um you know there's a good like, austin type barbecue but there's a great new place on third called slab which oh. i highly recommend and um yeah check it out slab barbecue nice more kids or is the shop closed you know, i actually wouldn't mind having a second kid but um it really is emily's choice i mean she's kind of open we go back and forth a lot i think she's leaning towards no um, we have a good situation and we're really happy, but it happened and happened. I get it. I have family of three and there, the shop's definitely closed yeah. for me. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever cried at work? No. You're yeah. the first. The first person That's to say the they've never one. cried That's at huge. work. And you're number 10. Yeah. Yeah. I've never cried at work. Wow. Damn. Wow. First, um, best piece of advice you've received, ever received. Um, the best piece of advice I've ever received. Be, be true to yourself. Um, you know, don't don't fake what, who you think you are. People say, fake it till you make it. Be honest. Be transparent. Be who you want to be. Um, it, it, it'll work out one way or the other. But if, if, you, if you try to deny who you are, you're going to find yourself in a place where you're not comfortable. Yeah. yeah. What's your favorite age so far? This age. And I'll tell you exactly why. Um, <laughs> I'm sure everyone says this age. Everyone does, everyone except has. for Megan Marlowe, who said seven. seven. <laughs> <laughs> so four, four is great because um, I also, I, I'm kind of a kid at heart. I love video games. I also love Disneyland. And we can now go and actually ride some of the rides. And I've taken her, we took her for, her, I bought these three-day passes for her birthday in February. And I had to use up the other two days before the end of May. So I took her myself twice while Emily was traveling. And we had the best time because she is obsessed with it. She's obsessed with the roller coasters, the ones she can go on. 
And now she's like, Daddy, I want to go on Thunder Mountain. Daddy, I want to. And it's like, yes, so do I. You know what is actually funny? Like we didn't talk about in the episode is um, like I almost think like when you have a kid, it's an opportunity for you to like be a kid again. Oh, <laughs> totally. Like, I'm playing with Legos and like no one can look at me weird because I'm playing with my kid. That's <laughs> true. You, know you, I mean? you relive almost every moment vicariously through them. And it's like the things you love, you get to do again unconditionally and without any kind of judgment and you get to show them things that you love like i just showed levi who framed roger rabbit mm-hmm. oh he loved movie. it oh that's still awesome. holds up yeah so this age is the best so far and i'm sure it gets better um fill in the blank happiness is happiness is um a nice scotch a warm bed and a supportive family Oh, that's good. What a way to end it. That's, that's a awesome. new one too, huh? That is a new one for sure. Nice. For sure. Well, thank you for being here. It's my pleasure, guys. Thank you for having me. Yeah. yeah. I can't believe I learned two new things I didn't know about you. Well, that's what the podcast is for, right? I, I suppose so. But it is <laughs> yeah, just, it is. thank you for sharing your perspective. And I think you're I think you're just a great dad. Like you're such an active, hands-on dad. Was why I wanted you to come in and talk. And I think it's just nice to hear where people struggle, how people get through things, just reaffirming some of the things you feel as a parent from another parent is some of the best validation out there. I agree. I think it's a really important episode because um, it it not only gives parents advice, but also people like myself, because it is a major transition in people's lives and growing up and like now you're the parent. And, and it, I think this episode is going to bring a lot of insight as to, you know, you can continue to be who you are and grow a family with that. And I think, I think you gave a lot of great tangible advice, even for people like myself that can take away. I appreciate that. I'm glad I'm, I'm happy to help and happy to, you know, have you guys had me. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here. You didn't say a hundred percent once G did. But you didn't. I know. That's so. I guess we crazy. don't do a farb fact. This is so weird. Wow, that's kind of weird. Are maybe you maturing? New facts to come about. Maybe there's something else. I don't I mean, know. Should I give one just to like keep the consistency? Or I, don't I just know. Eli, actually, what you know what? Fuck that. Yeah. I got away with it. Yeah, with no, hundred percent. I'm yeah. not giving any shit this time. That's all right? right. I'm sure it'll come out next time. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. <laughs> now he's now he's I just gonna do it. it. He's just he's trying to trigger <laughs> it. No, you get off easy this time, Barbara. Deal. All Took right. me ten episodes. All right, don't worry, it'll but happen wow. again. I mean, okay, Marta, what were some of the just top line real quickly? I mean, for me, learning to just listen. Listen is a very important thing that I think everyone can take away, parents or non. Mm-hmm. Um, that stuck out with me. Well, what what else? What other takeaways from the top of your head that? I think it's nice to hear validation of other ways in which I parent. It's just nice to hear other parents and, and you know, when you have the same struggles and we all, we all are kind of dealing with the same things. I also think it's interesting that Jeffrey doesn't, you know, that men don't feel this sort of mom guilt or sorry, dad guilt. And I think it's just a good reminder to moms to like, don't, you shouldn't feel guilty. Like mm-hmm. we, we shouldn't be feeling guilty about things. And um, it's just a good reminder that like dads don't feel that. And I don't know why that is. And I just, I think it, we shouldn't, we should abolish all the parent guilt. Um, and I think just the, the loved your, um, that you say to Sloan every day uh, that, you know, be respectful. I think that's actually a really good value to keep instilling. Yeah. I feel like that could just be said across the board for everyone. Like, see you later and be respectful. You're right. All people could be respectful, especially, not just children. Now, yeah. Think, especially now. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thank you, Eli.
Is there anything else that you want to plug or anything that's... Uh, oh, where can we follow you? Yeah. Um, Sorry, we forgot to do that. Where can you, well, okay, Cupcakes and Cashmere, obviously, is, is, is .com, is our blog. Shop.cupcakesandcashmere is our shop, and you can follow me. Um, I don't do a lot, but on Instagram... Yes, you do. What are you talking about? I do things about coffee and my daughter. Um, you can follow me at Instagram. It's Geo Fuller. It's G-E-O-F-U-L-L-E-R. There you awesome. go. Follow Gio Fuller for great tips of how to make an amazing cup of coffee. <laughs> great daddy-daughter dates at El Coyote. There you go. And obviously, cupcakes and cashmere. Great tips for all types of entertaining and lifestyle and wonderful clothing and products. Yes, thank you guys so much. Yeah. Awesome. All right. I'm going to get you next time on the 100%. We'll see about that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Later.